This message is brought to you by Living Faith Church. You can find us on the web at livingbyfaith.com. Happy Father's Day. I want to remind you, though, what Romans 8 says. The world is not waiting for fathers to manifest. It's waiting for sons to manifest. Children of God. And one of the biggest tactics that the enemy tries to pull is for you to take a seat that's God's. And God is Abba, he is Father, he is Dad. And that's how Jesus taught us to pray, our Abba, our Father. The whole reason we are born again is so that God could father you himself. And I want to continue what Pastor Gavin talked about last week, which it was the sidecar, which I so loved. Because to me, it's exactly that picture that in my circumstances, my father is wanting to father me. But I how to explore it. Pastor Gavin can't do it for me. Rafa can't do it for me, though I would love for him to do it for me. Um, We all are pioneers. You are called to be a pioneer because you're called to go somewhere that no one else can go for, for you, which is, Pastor Gavin said, it's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's in your heart. Because as you engage on that journey, you will manifest something no one else can do for you. You're you. I'm an able. And one of the biggest things that I think we struggle with is we copycat because we're afraid to explore the, what if that is that, what is, what, what if that is God? And I want to talk about that journey. So could you put up the picture of um, these two good looking men? <laughs> so the first guy to the left is my nephew, um, Levi, and that's uh, Nate's uh, oldest. And that chubby uh, Scandinavian baby to the right is my son, Judah. <laughs> And uh, my, my father calls him, um, how's my Scandinavian grandson? Because <laughs> I'm pretty sure he thinks Kristen comes from a generation of Vikings. So he's so excited to have a Scandinavian grandson. <laughs> but uh, Nate and I were talking and what's been fun being a father is it has revealed areas where I haven't let the sidecar have its way in my heart. And it's revealed where I'm standing on the throne as I want to be father. And if I choose to be father, it means I have to be defender. I have to be the strength. I have to be everything. And we weren't called that. Like I said, the world is waiting for sons to manifest. And everything Pastor Gavin's been talking about, it's spirit. It's going into here, which is something you just have to explore. We talk about waiting on God and quieting ourselves. And I love how Pastor Gavin shared last week. Sometimes it's just a thought. He's going throughout his day and he said he just had a thought and it just, all it took was a consideration of what if that was God? What if that was God? And um, I learned this from Rafa, Rafa said yesterday, and the longer I dwell on that, the longer, that means I'm honoring it, the more I will walk it out. But I think so many of us in our circumstances, we have that thought and go, nah, we don't explore the sidecar. Does this make sense? So this morning, I want to explore the sidecar, and um, I want to share a testimony of, uh, do you guys know who Michael Armstrong is? Um, Sweet man, he comes here. He's at the beach. Hi, Michael. He's at the beach. And um, he came in Tuesday to the Bible study, because I want to share testimonies and stories of people exploring the sidecar. And I saw Michael, and I've never seen Michael Armstrong before. If you've seen him, he's very sweet. You can go talk to him. You can hug him. He'll have a conversation with you. But he's not like, you know, this guy. You know, he's not that... So anyways, he comes in Tuesday to the Bible study and he is, he's manifesting. 
in a good way. He is just like manifesting. I'm like, something good happened or you, you, you did some illegal activity that I don't want to know about. And he walked through the door and he said, Abel, I had a God encounter. And he was just, and I'm like, tell me. Well, he said, yeah, let's go. He said, Abel, I, I just came from shopping. And this lady came up to me and she says, you have the most beautiful eyes. I just wanted you to know that. You have beautiful eyes. And he said, I was so touched. And I was like, oh, thank you. That just so moved my heart. And so he got in the car, sat down, and a thought, go pray for her. He did, he just hit, sidecar, right? As Pastor Gav said, he had that thought, go pray for her. And so he thought, I'm like, okay, let's break that down. What else did he say? As soon as I said, maybe I'll go pray for her, a scripture came to his heart. Um, the blessing song, the Lord bless you, the Lord keep you. And he said, he felt like, okay, I think I'm supposed to go speak this over her. So he's in this car talking to his sidecar and he's honoring it going, okay, I'm going to go pray for her. No, I had to ask him. I said, I, I had to interrogate him. I'm like, did you have other voices? He said, absolutely. The thought came of, if I go to her, what if she freaks out and attacks me? And all these things and all these things, right? The enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. It's the word. He still kills in this, the word. So he's sitting there. He's like, I'm going to go do it. And what I love about this is Michael Armstrong. I'm not talking about Rafa. Like, you know what I mean? Like, this was a Rafa story. Like, yeah, yeah, I'm surprised he didn't like kick the door down and, you know, lay hands on everybody. But Michael Armstrong said, I'm going to go on this journey with God. And he went in the store and he saw the lady and it was a cashier and the line got so long. So he's standing there going, once again, what do you think the thought came? I'll come back later. Right? Right? But he's like, no, 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 no. He said, go pray. So he's standing there. He's feeling his flesh out. And, but God said, but God said, so anyways, anyways, the lady ended up, uh, she had to go somewhere. So Michael followed her. <laughs> you go, baby. <laughs> and he just said, I just felt I'm supposed to bless you. And he just, without even asking, started, um, I think, just saying the blessing over it. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. May his face shine upon you. And started speaking. I mean, this is Michael Armstrong. And I'm like, yeah, baby. And then he said, now I feel like I'm supposed to ask if you need prayer for anything. And the lady ended up opening up about what she's going through. And Michael got to pray for her. And I was like, yes, yes. Like, I, I think some of us are waiting for some big thing. And I'm just here to tell you the big thing already happened. When Jesus said it is finished, he made a home in you. The father made a home in you. That big thing already happened. You don't have to wait. The big thing happened. You've been conquered by God himself. As Romans 6 says, sin can't conquer you because God already has. You are a conquered people by the father who loves you and he's there. So as Pastor Cameron said, that sidecar is never leaves. And so we have to explore this thing called praying without ceasing. And so I want to go through a journey of, 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 of being a son. And I want to talk about Moses. So if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Exodus and we're going to start in Exodus. Uh, we'll start in verse chapter four, verse 10. And I love this story because the one thing I'm learning with God is he's going to father me different. And every story I read in the Bible, one of the favorite things I love about is he, the more I read it, it seems like his tone is different for every story. How he speaks to David, I was like, wow, he, he's kind of softer with Gideon. You know, with Daniel, he's kind of, it's, it's so different. Even with Paul, I'm like, he has such a unique tone. He has such a unique tone. Like what, what God did for David, if he copied it and tried to do it for Gideon, Gideon would have ran the heck out of there. Like, I'm not doing that. You're out of your mind. But he approached 
Gideon like, hi, mighty man of valor. How you doing? Hi, mighty man of valor. And Gideon's like, you know, you know, and just begin. Even, even with Moses, the burning bush. So we're going to talk about this. This is where Moses gets to meet the father, the sidecar. Going to Pastor Gavin's sidecar. I just love that example because the sidecar means he's there. Right here, right now. And God calls him and tells him, you're going to speak to Pharaoh. I'm telling you, this is what you're going to do. You're called to do this. We all know the story, the burning bush. And I love the conversation. Look what Moses says. So this is verse 10. Then Moses said to the Lord, Oh my Lord, I am not eloquent, neither before nor since you have spoken to your servant, but I am slow of speech and slow of tongue. So the Lord said to him, I love this. Here's the dialogue. He's saying, I know you want me to do this, but maybe you should use Rafa. He's like a national speech and debate champion. You know, I know you're God, but like this guy, this is your guy. And he's having this talk and, and God's going, let's continue. What does he say? Who has made man's mouth or who makes the mute, the deaf, the seen or the blind? Have not I the Lord? The reality is, You're breathing because God sees something. Everything he does, he creates with purpose. He creates a journey with it. He calls you his masterpiece and says that we might walk in the good works he has planned for us. I think sometimes we so want to lean on the natural, but we have to learn to engage this thing called spirit. And so he's speaking to God. This is spirit. And I love this. Now, therefore, verse 12, go and I will be with your mouth and teach you what you shall say, Moses pipes up again, but he said, oh my Lord, please send me by the hand of whomever else you may send. And I love this verse. I know a lot of people don't like this word anger, but I love this. So the Lord, I'm a father. If you're a father, you understand this right here, right? If you have a three-year-old, you understand this verse. So the anger of the Lord was kindled against Moses and said, oh, is not Aaron the Levite your brother? I know he can speak well and look, he is also coming out to meet you. When he sees you, he will be glad in his heart. Now you shall speak to him and put the words in his mouth. And I will be with your mouth and with his mouth. And I will teach you what you shall do. So he shall be your spokesman to the people. And he himself shall be as a mouth for you and shall be to him as God. Verse 17. And you shall take this rod. Say rod. This is an important part of the story. You shall take this rod in your hand with which you shall do the signs. The father says, you shall take this staff and you're going to see a lot of signs. You shall do these signs. And so journey, uh, Moses is now on this journey of being fathered by God. And what I love is he's being vulnerable. He's being honest with every little moment. I don't know how to do this. I don't trust you there. I'm slow to speak. And God keeps speaking. The sidecar keeps communicating. I did the podcast, I did the, um, the no roof podcast with Rafa and Nate and doing it, having all these tremendous people on there. I've realized I came to this. This is the biggest revelation I came to. I don't ask God enough questions. I have 24 hours a day and I realize I don't ask God enough questions. If I had like Michael Jordan walking with me, I would ask him a lot of questions. 
If I had Bill Gates walking with me and I'm thinking about doing business, I would have a lot of questions. We have God the Father in us, who's for us, who knows us more than anyone. And I realize I am not asking you questions, which means I know how to do this. I know how to do life. And then I wonder why, where's the manifestations? Because I got it. And so he puts Moses in this place where I'm going to put you in a place where you're going to be forced to come to me eventually. You're going to be uncomfortable. We call those things circumstances. And you all have them. A lot of you had circumstances this week. And some of you chose to turn to the side core or you chose to whine, panic, and lean into your own understanding. But the circumstances are designed for you to be fathered by God to be fathered by God, that you found a place where I is reigning and you get to go, not anymore, sidecar high, daddy high, what are you saying? And everything is called praying without ceasing. Now let's fast forward in the story. Go to verse 14, chapter 14. And where did I say we're going to go? Oh, verse 13. So now we're fast forward ahead. So Moses, by this point now, is seeing the plagues. He's seen all these things. He's seen God be God. And he's just like, you're my God. I'm in this. And now you're going to see some boldness come out of Moses' mouth. Before it was, I'm slow to speech, maybe not the right guy. And now he's seen God. Now he's getting some like, this is going to be awesome. So they're leaving Egypt. And all his people are like, oh my gosh, here come the Egyptians again. They're going to kill us. And Moses is just like, I know this God now, feeling very confident in himself, got his staff, and this is what he says. So the Egyptians are now coming back, like maybe we made a bad choice, let's go get them back, (laughs) right? (laughs) Verse 13, and Moses said to the people, look at this, same guy, do not be afraid, stand still and see the salvation of the Lord, which he will accomplish for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall see again no more forever. This is some bold. It's not the same dude. This is what happens when you meet him. This how, so if you're unsure if you, you met him, you didn't meet him because you would know. <laughs> Look at this guy. The Lord will fight for you. And you, he's talking a lot now for a guy slow to speech. Now he's become public speaker number one now. Do you see this? He's talking to all those people. Like he's bold. He's like, oh, I'm good at this now. Why? We'll talk about it. The Lord said, and the Lord, and the Lord will fight for you and you shall hold your peace. Now I love verse 15. God speaks. Here's another father and son moment. Cause here's the thing about Moses. Moses is like, I've arrived. I got you now, God. I've arrived, which to me is, is such a thing we do as humans. We want to get to the arrival. You never arrive. Moses had this moment. Watch the Lord. Now we're going to listen to what the father says here. Watch, God's going to fight for you. I, I got, we, watch, just watch. What does God say next? And the Lord, I love this. And the Lord said to Moses, what? Why do you cry to me? Why are you crying to me? Why are you whining? Why are you crying to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. I gave you the word. I gave you the staff. You're, you're not five anymore. Now we're going to grow. I'm causing you to grow. I know you saw me do all these things with Pharaoh, but now I'm going to teach you because as you are, so as I am, so are you in this world. That's called parenting. That's called fathering. So we think a lot of times, and I love how Gavin talked about the sidecar, we want God to reach over and grab our steering wheel and just do it. And that's just no fun for him. (laughs) 
His fun is watching you. His fun is being involved in your decisions, being involved in your circumstances. That is his greatest joy. With Moses, he's just having a blast. Your eloquent of speech, all right, well, we'll get there. It may be slower, but you know what? We're going to get there. This is, this is the journey. Now, I love what he says. What does he say next? And the Lord said to Moses, why do you cry to me? Tell the children of Israel to go forward. Verse 16, but what? Lift up your rod and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground and through the midst of the sea. And the chapter before, what did he say he was going to use the rod for? Miracles. He gave the rhema. He gave the rhema. You're going to do it eventually. And here's that moment. Before, God's kind of like, you know, you ever like, you see the father and the son training the bike. He kind of stays close, kind of stays close, right? And then he eventually backs up. I'm doing it right now with Judah. Now I'm just like, now I feel like I'm just praying because he's just going for it now. Angels, angels, angels. (laughs) But you start right there. But there's a time where I have to let him go. Why? Because he has so much more to explore. When he can ride a bike, now I'm thinking about, then he's going to ride a car. Then a car, maybe he's going to be a a pilot. After pilot, do you understand what I'm saying here? There's always more to engage with God. There's always more. He's never done fathering you. There's always more to explore. And I think so many of us just want to get to the point where I've arrived. Stop it. No such thing. I don't care how old you are. The word, I don't think retired is in the Bible. He's fathering you right now today. And where you get satisfied, that's where you put the level on. Not him. You did that. This makes sense? Now, guess what the word rod means? You know what the word rod means? It means branch of the vine. Branch from the vine. Guess where we're going to next? John 15, let's go. Branch of the vine. So if you've got your Bibles, turn to me to John 15. Are you guys turn there, I want to share my, my, my um, sidecar experience with God being a father. Because in this chapter, we're going to talk about abiding in the vine. Because I love that he called the rod the branch. In other words, you're sticking it out, but it's going to be me doing it. But I need you to lift. I, I need you to play with me. I think so many of us, we have the rod and we're kind of like, go God, go. And no, he's fathering you through it. It's called abiding in that vine. And that word we're going to break down is the word remain present. To remain present. Say present. One of my favorite saints said this, the divine will of God is an endless journey where the present moment is the entrance. We live in a world where everything is taking us out of the present. Let's pray. Well, let me check my email, right? Where we're so take, we're so busy that we've lost the joy of enjoying the right now. The joy of, yes, my kids are screaming and this and that, and, but hey, there's something here. We've lost the joy. We've lost really the, the, the art of enjoying the right now. It's always about the next moment. Even Instagram, and it's always like, what's they doing? What are they doing? What are they doing? It's like, let's copy that. Let's copy this. It's, you're being robbed of the right now moment. God is always in the right now moment. And we have to begin to explore the right now. It's always in the right now. Prayer is in the right now. 
It's being present, which is something you have to explore. You have to journey through. And so for me as a father, I have a three-year-old now, and I want to share a revelation that, that the sidecar spoke to me about. And he's been sharing with me, I want you to spend more time with Judah. Last time I was up here, I talked about how um, I was in a season of waiting. God said, my heart, my fle- I wanted to go be busy, evangelize, do, do all these things. And God's like, no, you're going to wait on the Lord. And I said, what did I say? I said, what, what do you want me to do? And he said, serve your wife. And my response was, I don't want to do that. <laughs> but he spoke. And I've been on this journey of serving my wife, which has been anytime I can, I want to just be with Judah. And I said, okay. So I'm, I'm going on walks with him every single day. And we go on walks, which I love. I love walks. And I th- consider myself a patient person, like pretty chill. My son is more chill that he can become irritating to me. <laughs> Could I be honest with you? Has anyone ever been irritated? Everyone raise your hand. How many of you have ever been irritated? Okay, okay. You know what irritation is? You're being robbed of enjoying the present. You're not aware of your sidecar. You're aware of you and what you want first. See, even right there. See, that's a circumstance. That's a great circumstance. I'm in it. I'm irritated. So I go on this walk with my son and we, we, we take our time and he rides his bike and he's at the point now where he's got this bike where it doesn't have... um pedals. Thank you. And they lift their legs up and, you know, he coast. And so he's getting more brave and more brave. So we have this little hill in our, in our front yard. And for the first time he went down it just by himself. And I was like, at this point, you know, I've been going like this and now I'm doing what God does. Do it. I'm here. He's not speaking, but we're still in prayer. We're still looking at each other. Sometimes we think if he's not speaking, no, no, no. To me, prayer is just, I'm aware. I'm aware he's looking at me and this dude goes down it and gets a little speed wobbles, but recovers and keeps going. I'm just like, yeah, my wife and I are looking at each other and he goes to do it again. And he falls flat out over the handlebars and just face plant. And he got up and had dirt on his nose. And guess what we did? What do you, what do you do as a parent? Yeah. So many of us think the father doesn't do that when we miss it. So we're so afraid to make mistakes. A lot of you are afraid to make mistakes because you don't see a God that's going, yeah, you tried. Way to go, baby. Honestly, how many of you are afraid of that? Why, why, I felt the lead to pray. Why didn't I? What if, what, if you, what if you saw this father go every time you step out going, yeah, you go, boy. You did it wrong, but you, we'll try again. A lot of us don't see that father. Raise your hand. Come on, raise your hand. You don't see that father. And it so hit me when I did that with Judah. I'm like, oh my God, you do that with me. When I explore your voice, when I think it's you, even when I miss it, he's going, yeah, because I'm learning his tone. I'm learning his tone. And this is what God said to me because I, I had a, a I don't want to say a failure moment, but a moment with him where I did it wrong. On our walk, he's got his bike. And at the end of the block, our neighbor has a giant black pig named Charlotte and we feed her apples and we go on this long walk. And I, I cut apples up and I put it through the fence to get it. And I saw Judah and he was very shy with it. And I said, no, just shove it in there. Just shove it in there. And so I grab and I shove it in there and I shoved it in there. And I le- and I'm being honest with you. I started getting a little impatient with him to where I grabbed his hand and I forced it. And he said, I don't do it. Daddy, do it. He said, daddy, do it. And I said, okay. And I was fine for a second. But then here, something was off. When you feel off, honor that moment. There's a moment. 
that's a circumstance. That's a circumstance for me to go to the sidecar. And, and I stopped and I said, he doesn't want to do it. I know that's not good. And he said, because of your impatience, he just surrendered his authority. And I, I, I kind of got a little moment. I was like, okay. And God said, I'll never, I'd never do that to you. I'll never force you. Even with Moses, he didn't force him. He went at his rate. Some of your fathering, he's going to go very slow. Some things, right? Some things you're like, yeah, we can do this, God. And he's like, great. But there are some things in your heart where he's going to go. I know for me and my patience, God has been taking my hand and that sidecar. And he goes, we're going to go very slow with this one, Abel. And so two days went by and we go on our walk. And once again, the next day he goes, daddy, do it. I'm like, okay. So I'm feeding him his apples and we go on our walk and, and I'm just sitting with God and he, God's like, don't worry, he's going to do it again. And I had such a moment. This is how you know you encounter God. It's like when Michael Armstrong came in, he was manifesting joy. He was manifesting life. He just, you can tell him like you met with him. And for me, meeting him on that walk was, I just felt, I, I felt so at peace because I decided just to give up what I wanted. I was like, you're right. We'll be out here for an hour if that's how long it has to take. I know dinner's at this point, but I'm giving up my agenda. And as soon as I did that, it, whew, I met Christ in me. And he's like, that's right. You don't have to surrender to fear. You don't have to surrender to your impatience, to being irritated. It's there. You could see it, acknowledge it, but you don't have to surrender to it. Can I speak say that to you? You don't have to surrender to it. And if you do, it's okay. Go back to the sidecar. So yesterday, or two days ago, it's been two days later, we go back down and we see Charlotte. And I'm like, today's the day. He's ready again. And I just said, I was like, you do it. And I did one and I just left the apples and then I just backed the heck up. Because <laughs> I felt God do that. Because that's parenting. That's what he does with us. Sometimes we, we think he's going to grab our hand and just do it. But he'll, do, he'll maybe do that for a season, but then there's a time where he wants you to step out and trust him. So I just stepped back and sure enough, I let him do it his way. And like a part of me was like, just shove it through, you know, but I was like, no, shut up, Abel. <laughs> let him be a son. So I let him be a son and he did it all and he wanted more apples. He's like, is there more? And I'm like, yes, he's back, baby. He got his authority back. I felt so good. I was like, he got his authority back. But when you fail, this is what God showed me. When you fail, not fail, when you, when you don't take the journey of pioneering his voice, you give up your authority on this earth. You give up your authority on this earth. You're saying, I'm supposed to have, I know the scripture, I'm supposed to rule and reign, but because I'm not exploring your voice, I'm not going to mature. So I, I surrender my authority. Sons are waiting to manifest and sons are matured by God himself. And we can't do it for you. You have to do it. You have to begin to ask questions to go through your day of like, I know I'm in a circumstance, but he's with me in the circumstance. What does that mean? What does that look like? Does this make sense? I'll say that again, because it really hit me watching my son lose his authority. It just hit me because God was very clear. He's like, I'll never do that to you. I've never done that with you. And I was like, you're right. You're the perfect father. You're forever patient with me. Now, no condemnation in here. He's forever patient with you. I won't say that, God. Thank you. 
Um, let's go through John 15. Are we ready? Yeah. All right. We're going to do it in the passion and the message. We'll do passion first. Are we ready? Let me get to my. Here we go. The living vine. John 15, verse one. I am the true sprouting vine. And the farmer who tends the vine is my father. He cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. The words I have spoken over you, you have have already cleansed you. So you must remain in life union with me, for I remain in life union with you. For as a branch severed from the vine will not bear fruit, so your life will be fruitless unless you live your life intimately joined to mine. I am the sprouting vine and you are the branches. Think of the rod. You have to know your role. You are not the vine. You are that rod. God says, the reason you're worried is you think it's you. You're trusting you over me, right? Moses said, I'm slow to speech. Once again, Moses, it's because you're, 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 you think it's you. <laughs> it's, it's not you. Pastor Gavin talked last week. I have, what happened to I? I have been crucified with Christ. Galatians 2, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ that lives in me. We trust the I because we still think it's us. We don't trust the God, right? I'm this, I'm that. I know you're telling me this. I've had dreams, I've had this and that, but I'm not gonna go with it because why? The I, the I is getting in the way. So we have to begin this journey of turning into the father and going, God, why? Tell me why. And I asked him in that moment with Judah, I said, why do I do that? And he said, cause your father was like that. I'm just gonna say this, playing golf with David Diaz is the most unfun thing in the whole world. <laughs> My dad growing up, I always called golf a nice walk ruined. Because you see me, I'm big, I'm slow, and my dad is, you know, he wakes up at four and he's like, Everest is that way. Like, let's go. <laughs> he's always been that way. And we would play golf and he would get to the point where, you know what he would do to me? Just pick up the ball and throw it. I'm in middle school. <laughs> like, 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 I'm in middle school. But I didn't realize like, okay, I see that now. And it's so funny because I, I tease my father for being the most impatient person. And now God's kind of like, but he goes this, he goes, this is why I gave you Judah. This is why I gave you Judah because I get to do this with you. I don't want you fathering him alone. You can't. In fact, I will father you with him. So I'm learning that I'm fathering him, but he's fathering me with God. It's extraordinary. I'm in a circumstance. I'm being a father. So what is he doing in that moment? And he showed me. I asked God, why don't you just evaporate my anger? I've heard testimonies. I've heard, right? You hear preachers all the time. Sometimes addictions break like that. And if any of you ever had a moment like that with God where like he breaks something, it's just so supernatural. I hear all these testimonies and I want to, I want to copycat that. Edit, copy, edit, paste, God. Let's go. And I asked God, like, do that with my anger. Ready? Go, God, go. You know? And I was like, let me just talk to this high card. Why don't you take away my anger? And he said, Abel, if I just did it like that, you would stop turning to me. 
And it just, I was like, okay. Okay, it's no longer I. How, how do you want to do this? I'm going to take your hand and I'm taking you and Judah and we're going to go so slow. And you're going to learn to love the present. That when you go on walks, when you are with him, you are going to learn to be so in the moment. And he's teaching me how to do that. He tells me certain things. When I'm home, close the computer, turn the phone off, just live, enjoy it. Don't multitask. Be in the moment. We, oh, men, none of, men can't multitask. We know this. Women, you guys have the, the gift. But we have to learn not to multitask with God. And what, what, I, what I mean is, I'm not saying like I go in my bedroom for two hours and, not, and ignore my life. But I mean taking those moments where I, I have to just sit with him. Like when my son and the, the Charlotte thing, I had a moment. I waited. As Pastor Cameron said, the thought came, I don't do that. I'm like, okay, what, what do you do? Does that make sense? Well, let's keep going. Let's go through John 15. Where were we? Five. I am the sprouting vine. You are my branches. Everyone just say, I am a branch. Thank you. As you live in union with me, as your source, fruitfulness will stream from within you. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. I'll say that again. But when you live separated from me, you are powerless. Now let's break that down. Can you separate from God? Well, then how are you powerless? Right, I can still ignore him. I, can, I have free will to say no. It takes two people to get pregnant. If someone says no and walks away, like no one's getting pregnant. <laughs> so he's there, doors wide open. He's ready. So I'm going through my day and I'm going, okay, I'm easily irritated in this moment. But I know you, you're not irritated. So I turn and I begin the engagement. What is the journey in this circumstance? What is it? Because right now I'm feeling powerless. I'm angry and I, I just did something with my son and now he's lost his authority apparently. And like, I'm just having, this is what's going on in my head. But it's just a simple moment where I had to turn and go, I don't know. Say those words to me. I don't know. Now go, yay. That is the, those are the greatest three words I think God goes, finally. Say it again. I don't know. And it's like, yes, the greatest words in the whole world. Even Paul had to say, I am determined to know nothing. I am determined to know nothing except Jesus and Jesus crucified. I love the Amplified there. I am, <laughs> I resolve to know nothing, to be acquainted with nothing, to make a display of the knowledge of nothing, and to be conscious of nothing except Jesus and Jesus crucified. In other words, every circumstance, oh, Jesus is in here. He's excited for every circumstance. I think here we try to control circumstances. Something about Northern Virginia and America, it's all about, look at your life. As long as your circumstances look good, you must have God. No, 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 no. God is in the circumstance. You don't get to pioneer and know God without your circumstance. That's why you're you. Whether you're going through a loss in the family, if you're, you're, you're learning that you have no patience for your son. If, if you, you don't know how to save money, if you don't know all these things, you're in a circumstance right now where he's going, sidecar, sidecar, right? Sidecar, sidecar. He's in there going, yay, yay, circumstance. I, I know you're not good at that. Yeah, you're terrible at it. In fact, you're powerless without this. So begin. Let me father you. I'm for you. It's called praying without ceasing. Sidecar is ready. Your sidecar is so ready. Think about the circumstances you're going through. It's really, and all you have to do is ask, where are your worries? 
That's your circumstance. Don't tell me you don't worry. Simple question, where is your worry? Because worry is, I can't be present because of this one thing. It's robbing me out of the right now with God. Worry is pressure applied to an area where I don't know God. I don't trust him. So sidecar, pioneer, as Gavin would say. I have to begin that journey. Now let's finish this verse. How are you doing on time? Oh, we're doing good. I'll get out early, men. We can go home, go take a nap. Happy Father's Day. There's no football, right? There's no football. <laughs> go take a nap. Ladies, let the men nap. Thank you. Just kidding. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Sorry. If a person is separated, verse six, separated from me, he is discarded. Such branches are gathered up and thrown into the fire to be burned. But if you live in life union with me, and if my words live powerfully within you, then you could ask what you desire and it will be done. When your lives bear abundant fruit, you demonstrate that you are what? My mature disciples who glorify my father. I love each of you with the same love that the father loves me. You must continually let my love nourish your hearts. I'm going to read that one again. Just that last part. You must continually, say continually, let my love nourish your heart. Every situation, circumstance you go through, there must be a greater degree of his love for you that you get to explore. Paul said this way, that you might know the depths, the whips, the magnitude, the limitless surpassing riches of his grace. It's called from glory to glory to glory. Every circumstance means there has to be a deeper level of his love for you. And there is, but you have to explore it. I think some of us, I know for me, I, I don't know what it is about being here. I just want to arrive. Anyone ever had that? It's like, I, I arrive and it's like, I think I'm there. But God's like, stop. There's always more. Remember, this is a God who told you, you will do greater things. You will do greater works. All things are possible if you can believe. So stop arriving. Stop it. Keep asking me. There's more love. Every circumstance you go through, there's a greater degree. I believe we're missing these circumstances, which means we're missing his love. We're missing these, 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 these depths and limitless that he wants to love us in. Because I've learned this with my son. When he knows my love, that, that dude is so confident. So bold. My gosh, when he knows dad is there, there's a difference when he walks with me and walks with mom. <laughs> with me, he's like halfway down the hill and I'm running. Wait! <laughs> <You know? laughs> he just knows. Dad's with me. He just knows. He's exploring it. Do you have that with the father? Have you taken time to explore your circumstance? Amen? I'll tell you this, and it's all about love. It's all about love. Faith, hope, and love, which one's the greatest? It's love. It's you must continually let his love nourish your heart. I'm going to do it one more time because I need to do it one more time. When you go for it and miss it, what does God do? I need to get this picture. Yes! I need you to get that picture. I need you to get that picture. That is his, that is his picture for you as a perfect father. When you get that rainbow, when you think, okay, let me step, and you fall, his, he celebrates. Please go for a spill. Um, let's go to the message translation. Same thing. Can we start in verse four? That's possible. We're going to end with this. So this is the same um, chapter. This is the message. Live in me. Make your home in me, just as I do in you. 
In the same way that a branch can't bear grapes by itself, but only by being joined to the vine. You can't bear fruit unless you are joined with me. I am the vine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the relation intimate and organic, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I want to break those two words down, intimate and organic. That word organic means this. It means one of a kind. It means authentic. It means you are going to have to explore. And I say it again, no one could do it for you. Intimate and organic. I am an able. And the more I do this sidecar thing, the more able is getting more bold. Because I'm knowing him. I'm seeing it in my day-to-day walk, especially with Judah. I can see my patience growing. I can see I'm loving life more. And the biggest thing that I've learned about loving Abel and loving God, but loving Abel, because you got to love your neighbor as yourself, right? Here's a word that I realize Americans don't like. Inconvenience. That's a made-up word. There's no such thing as inconvenience in heaven. There is no such thing as inconvenience. A flat tire is not an inconvenience. It's a circumstance to know the sidecar. My son spilling everything and causing me to go, dude, you're spilling everything is a moment, like I said, a circumstance for me to know him. There's no such thing as inconvenience. I'm just, I want to propose these questions to you when you're going throughout your day. Where do you feel inconvenienced? Now, what, I, what, I, what, I am, what I'm not saying is let other people roll over you. But what I'm saying is go internal and ask why. Why do I feel inconvenienced? Because there are times he may say, because you're doing too much. Maybe you need to slow down. Or he might say, you're kind of being lazy and being really selfish right now. Maybe it's time to... So think about inconvenience. Because there's no such thing. Amen? That one hurt a little bit? Some of you are like, I'm being inconvenienced right now. <laughs> Intimate and organic. Uh, let's, keep, let's finish this verse. Separated, you can't produce a thing. Anyone who separates from me is dead wood. That's funny. Gathered up and thrown on the bonfire. But if you make yourselves at home with me and my words at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. This is how my father shows who he is. When you produce grapes, when you, I love this, mature as, as you mature as my disciples, I've loved you. Uh, I've loved you the way my father has loved me. Make yourselves at home in my love. Can you hear the father's voice? I'm going to whisper it to you romantically. Make yourselves at home in my love. In your circumstance, you have an opportunity to make yourself at home in his love. Make yourself at home in his love. Um, Last scripture, and then we're out of here, I promise. We ready? Romans 8. Uh, We're going to do the whole, we'll do New King James. I didn't give you this one. Sorry, back there. Romans 8, verse, it's the last verse. Um, Who knows the scripture says we're more than conquerors? 828, let's go there, 828. Wait, more than conquerors? Wow, no one knows that verse? 35? Romans 835, is that true? Nope. 
I don't see it. 37. Thank you. Who said 37? Bingo. Okay. First thing, people, we got to read our Bibles. <laughs> 37. This is such a fun verse and, and I want you to read it and I want you to pick your, your, your favorite word in there. What sticks out to you? Go ahead, put it up. Romans eight thirty seven. Thank you so much back there. Sorry, this is kind of a side one. Yet, so just some things we go through. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Look at the verse. In all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Guess what the most important word is in that? Shout at me. What do you think the most important word is? Love, all, more than, oh, come on, Mr. Schneider. Huh? Through him, that was one. Yesterday we did this with the men's group. I was curious to get everyone's response. Through him. All right, put it up one more time. I'll tell you. You guys all got it wrong. It's the word in. The purpose of it is in all your circumstances. I think we think more than a conqueror. I used to think more than a conqueror means I walk around like Walmart and just start kicking people, raising the dead, like no circumstances can cut my way. And anyone ever think that? Like I got God now. So now everything just bows. Every place my soul treads upon it, God has given me. Anyone ever done that one? Yeah, right? This is what I think it should look like, right? Every, every soul, every soul, look at that, Abel's here. That's not what it says. It says in all these things, I'm to be more than conquerors, which means you can't bypass your circumstance. You have to embrace it. So many of us are trying to like dodge our circumstance, like the impatience with my son. I'm like, no, let's not deal with that one. You know, we conquered that. Let's keep going. And God's like, go, bring it back here. Bring it back here. You are in this, buddy. You're a father now. You have a three-year-old. If you don't deal with this now, we're going to have issues. I'm in a circumstance. He's showing me in this moment that he's conquered it for me, but I have to embrace how he wants to do it. In all these things, then I could have all that. So you first have to acknowledge what you are in. I think a lot of times we go to God and we try to ignore it. Don't ignore it. Don't submit to it, but acknowledge it. I see it. And then I look to the Father. Hi. It's in the circumstance. Amen? All right, I'm done. Love you guys. Hold on real quick. I am going to pray. I really want to pray. Could everyone just stand up? Stretch out. There you go. You guys have been sitting for a while. Oh, 11.10. This will be good. Nap time. I want everyone just to close your eyes and just begin to engage. The Father is with you, in you, around you, surrounding you. That he has you right where he wants you in your circumstance. I want you to ask Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what circumstance is in front of me that I'm struggling with?
and ask the Father, Father, Dad, what are you doing in this to me? What do you want me to be aware of in this circumstance? What am I not seeing? What are you doing in this circumstance? And don't hide your feelings. If you're angry, if you're hurt in the circumstance, if you're mad, if you feel not good enough, don't hide the truth of what's going on in your heart. He's a father, he can take it. Holy Spirit, I ask right now for courage for every person in this building to know the Father. Give us a hunger and a passion to turn to you, Father. Just as the Son runs and tackles the Father's leg, give us that hunger. In every circumstance we go through, teach us how to run to you, to embrace your love, to explore and, and pioneer depths of your love that we've never gone before. And if we've been satisfied, we just repent and say, you know what? We know nothing. Take me deeper. I thank you right here, right now, that no one is an orphan. That they are in your arms. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would awaken them to that right now. Teach us how to engage. Teach us how to talk to you, Father. How to slow down how to be romanced by you, and how to romance with you back. Just as like a little kid stands on their father's um, feet and just goes for a dance. Teach us to do that with you, God, I pray. So give us a hunger to pioneer like never before. I pray just for a radical, um, a radical heart to explore sonship. I pray over every person here, just a radical hunger to explore sonship like never before. That if we've been afraid to get messy, I think we get pain everywhere. You are excited when we explore, when we explore your voice, when we explore your love, you're always smiling. Give us a hunger to explore your love like never before, I pray in every heart here that we would learn to embrace the journey, embrace the circumstances, because in your presence is fullness of joy. Help us take our circumstances right into your joy, because you're celebrating. Yeah. Thank you, Father. Could everyone sit down except for the fathers? Fathers, stand up. just want to pray over the fathers real quick. You keep the music going. We'll pray over the fathers. Every father, please close your eyes. I just want to pray a blessing over you. Holy Spirit, Father, you've called these men to imitate you, but they can't imitate you without knowing you. So I thank you, Father, for all the fathers here that they are sons first. As they look into their child's eyes, your eyes are looking right back at them. And I thank you for a greater boldness to go deeper into sonship like never before. I thank you, Father. And I break off any shame, any guilt, any condemnation for any mistake, any bad decision. 
I thank you, Father, that you replace it with your peace and your love right now in Jesus' name that you keep no record of wrongs. You are the perfect father, that these fathers are flawless in your eyes so they can be sons again. I thank you for the fathers that they did not choose you. You chose them. You chose them, God. You knew what kind of children they would have. (laughs) Thank you, Father, that this was your idea. I think that every man that is standing, they are qualified, they are anointed, they are a royal priesthood because you put that on them. Had nothing to do with them, but everything to do with who you are for them. So I thank you right now, Holy Spirit, that you would conquer their hearts right now, right now in the name of Jesus with your love. Let every man in here, every father be a conquered by your love, Father. I thank you for just an outpouring of your grace and your spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you for wisdom. Thank you for guidance. And I thank you, Father, for an awakening of their authority in their household. Thank you for an awakening of their authority in their household, in their government, in their area where they live, in the blocks, in the cul-de-sacs, in the townhomes, that their voices reign supreme. Let them know their authority to command the angels over their kids. that they are not alone, that every father in here has an army backing them up. Teach them about that army, Holy Spirit, that they're not doing it alone. Yeah, I I just feel that right now. I just thank you for all the angels that are commissioned to all these fathers. You have an army beside you. You are not alone. Not by strength, not by might, but by his spirit in you, he says. It is not you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Yeah. I pray this is a new chapter. Today is a new day. It's a new day. They are new creations. They are something brand new. There is no old baggage that's with them. We just break that off right now in the name of Jesus. If there's any old baggage they're trying to break, we just break it off right now in Jesus' name. They're perfect and flawless. Thank you, Father. Yeah. All the fathers, just raise your hands now. Yeah. Father, we surrender to you. As fathers of Living Faith House, today we just say, without you, we can't do anything. We can't, Father, without you. Not our will, but your will be done, we pray. Show us areas where you want us to trust you more in. Show us where to to, to aim our focus, Father, we pray. But before we're fathers, we are yours first. So we just return home back into your heart right here, right now. So I thank you for all the men and all the fathers of Living Faith Church that we are raising lions. We are raising generals. We are raising the next generation that is going to give the devil a run for his money. I thank you for that, that we are raising apostles and prophets and dead raisers. We are raising presidents. We are raising teachers. We are raising astronauts. We, 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 we are raising a generation that is going to reign supreme on earth as it is in heaven. So yeah, we just say thank you, Father. Oh, everyone say Yahoo! In Jesus' name, amen.